invite you to turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Ruth, chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 4 through 11 this evening. Yes, that is eight verses. You haven't had a chance to comment to me or anything, um, but I was thinking, we've had a message on one verse, we've had a message on two verses, we've had a message on just three verses, and so is everyone thinking there's some slacking going on? Well, I confidently answer you, no, uh, I have felt led to divide uh, this book up in messages the way we have. But if it makes you feel better, we're going to go through eight verses tonight. And I'll give you a title for the message. And it's in the form of a question. And it's a question for you and I. And the title is, Where Are You? And I ask that because wherever you are, it's where your heart is. It's where your desire is. Whatever you do that's primarily on the forefront of your life, that's where you are. And, and so for some people, you know, that might be pleasure. Pleasure is their number one thing. For other people, it's prosperity. They put everything into uh, what they can achieve and, and what they can get. You know, for others, it's profession. There's a lot of people that give a whole lot to their job. Uh, and, and, you know, some people have been called workaholics. And, uh, you know, it kind of cuts into family time maybe and things like that. But, but everything's about their profession. Some people, when they, when they uh, lay in the hospital in the last few days of life, just going over their life, that's, that's what they have that's noble for them to talk about. And it's, it's how hard they worked and never missed work and all they were able to do at work. And for others, it's family. Family above everything. And where some of these things sound good and where these things are part of our lives, they are not to be the first place we are at. Where are you tonight? And I'll say that the very best place for you and I to be is with the Lord. There's no better place for us to spend our lives than with the Lord. That's where meaning comes into everything else we do. Is when it's you and I and the Lord first. That's where our purpose is. When Jesus is our place, it gives purpose into every area of our lives. Last week, if you remember, Ruth was being prepared. She was being prepared to go before the feet of Boaz. So, and we learned something in this too. We learned also in this that we need to prepare. We need to be prepared to be closer to Jesus. So like Ruth, we accompanied this and the fact that we need to clean up and spruce up, maybe even there's a little note in here on dressing up, showing up, and pairing up with Jesus. But where last week she was prepared to go before the feet of Boaz, this week she finds her place at the feet of Boaz. 
And you know, her position with God changed whenever she was saved. Whenever she trusted the Lord along the way. But her condition is going to change as she goes from the field of Boaz to the feet of Boaz. Because though there's a relationship that has been going on, master-servant, that relationship is going to change. And those who are saved are in the field of Jesus. But there's something that changes when we go to the feet of Jesus. So that's what we're going to see tonight. Is you and I going from preparing for Jesus' feet to being in the place of Jesus' feet. And so with there being a question for the title, I'll ask you a question for our first point tonight. And that is, are you in a place of change? Because you understand, it's a different residence when we become a Christian. And there's a little difference in the residence when we go from the field of Jesus to the feet of Jesus. Now, Ruth is a widow and she is living with Naomi. It is an uncertain time. It's an unstable time that she is going through. But she is about to unite with Boaz in marriage. And that's going to mean a new place for her. That's going to mean that she's going to have a new home. And it's going to be secure. And it's going to be stable. And everyone who comes to Jesus by faith has a different residence. Heaven is our residence, of course, when we leave this life. But you understand that heaven is the Christian's residence now while we are upon this earth. There's a different residence and it's a change that comes about in our lives. In Colossians 3.3, it tells us now to set our affection on things above and not on things on the earth. And it means everything to have that residence when we leave this life and go to heaven. But it's a place of change for us as we live here now. To have that new residence. And that change comes only by being at the feet of Jesus we're going to see tonight. But as I ask, are you in a place of change? We, we see a different residence, but we can also think of a different relationship. Consider Ruth and what she has experienced in her long days, her, her suffering she's been through, the struggle that she's experienced, the loneliness in her life, and the defeat that she's going through. But you understand that when there is a difference in this relationship that's going to take place with Boaz, it's going to bring many positive, life-altering changes in her life as she has, can compare it to how she has been living. And for the lost sinner, oh, what a change there is in store for you when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's salvation, there's security, there is sensing the presence of God in your life. It's not an empty, nobody's home life. 
the Lord comes to live within you. And as for the saved, to be in the place of the feet of Jesus, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There are the greatest spiritual blessings for the children of God being at his feet. There are differences in the relationship when we get to Jesus' feet. And let us think about a different rejoicing that goes on. Because Ruth, you know, she's been receiving grace. She has been surviving, if you will. They have had food on the table, she and Naomi. But she is not going to be completely fulfilled continuing on as she is because there is something more for her. There is something just before her to leave the field of Boaz and for that relationship to change and go to the feet of Boaz. She is not going to continue to be happy with something else before her. She needs the change in her life that Boaz can give her. And it's going to come by her being at his feet. And everyone in this universe needs what Jesus offers. Whether people realize it or not, everyone needs what Jesus offers. And we can't get what Jesus offers anywhere else. There's no substitute. There's no other place to go For our greatest need. It is only to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can go to have our need met. Now someone can find temporary pleasure in this world. You can go out in the world. And and have a temporary pleasing of the flesh. And that's something you can get without Jesus. But when it comes to his joy. To eternal joy. That's something that you are not going to be able to get in the world. People come up with strategies. People come up with things they're going to do. And someone they're going to meet. And a goal of someone to meet. And different ways to fill their life. But there is not going to be the joy that only Jesus can give. Peter says, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Nothing in this world can give you that. No one in this world can give you that joy except for Jesus. Since temporary pleasure does not offer that. It only offers sting and pain and a dead end road at the end. Just being in the corner of the field of Jesus is not going to give you and I this eternal joy, the experience of it. But at the Savior's feet, that's where we're going to have that joy and we're going to experience it. I ask you another question tonight. Are you in pursuit of a change? Are you admiring this change that can come about. Look with me in verse 4. Naomi is speaking to Ruth still, and she says, And it shall be, when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he lie, 
And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Ruth was instructed to fix her gaze upon Boaz. Not the place of the servants, not anything else going on in the field, not the grain, but to fix her eyes on the owner of the grain. She was to admire the steps of his feet and watch where he was. She was to watch where those feet would plant of Boaz. She had to know where he was to be able to get to his feet. And it's the same with us. We have got to keep our eye upon Jesus if we're going to be where he is, if we're going to be where he blesses, we've got to keep our eye on him to get to his feet. You know, when he saved us, he found us. Luke 19.10 says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So when he saved us, he found us. But as for the saved, we need to find our way to him. I'm talking about in the way of being in the closest relationship we can be with him. In the way of getting to the feet of Jesus. We need to be looking unto Jesus and we need to be considering him. Our gaze must be fixed on the Lord Christ all the time. And, and as we go back and think about the place of Boaz, where he was was in the threshing floor. He was taking care of business and he was watching over his wealth. He wasn't doing so in such a way that was selfish. Look, this provided his needs. This also provided the needs of his servants, of his maidens. It provided him with the ability and the gift to be very generous to the widow and the fatherless and the strangers who would come along, who were allowed to glean from the corners of the field. And he was righteous with his wealth and he gave and he did that. So he is watching over his wealth and he is down at the threshing floor. You know, and, and so would the men be down there at the, flesh, the threshing floor. They would sleep around the mound and the pile of his wealth of grain to guard it from theft through the night. After the winnowing process and, and after everything is done where it's pure grain there, they would, they would guard it. And as we think about this threshing process and the winnowing process that goes on, we find a picture of the price that Christ paid and the wealth of salvation that he offers. It's afforded to everyone. Anyone can come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we can liken this unto this threshing and unto this winnowing process. Because when you think about it, it's, it's pretty severe. Because those stalks took a beating. And they took a tossing. And they took a, a, a blowing. A, a blowing of the chaff away. Where the wheat would fall. And it would separate everything out of it. And so there was quite a process. A trampling, tossing process. That this would go through in the threshing floor. And Ruth was to admire where Boaz was. And that's where he was. Can you and I admire Jesus tonight, I want to ask? 
Can we admire him and the threshing floor, if you will, that he went to for us when he went to the cross for you and I and he was battered and he was bruised and he received stripes for our iniquities upon him and he gave his life for us. He went to the threshing floor for you and I when he went to the cross. Now, Boaz provided physical life by way of grain, but Jesus, in his threshing floor, he went to for us, he provided spiritual life and the way to God, the only way to God for you and I. Can we consider Jesus and this trip that he made for us, a trip into suffering in our place for us? Can we admire it? Can we think of the journey that Jesus went on in this life when he suffered for us? What he did so that we could come into his field of salvation. What he did so that you and I here tonight, that, that we can observe and that we can examine how we can go to the feet of our Savior for the closest relationship. Ruth was to mark Boaz's steps. She was to see where they stopped. She was to see where they came to an end. And in the same way, may we admire the steps of Jesus. This journey that he went on that ended in death for us on the cross and then burial and then resurrection. May it forever be lodged in our hearts and in our minds. Can we admire the life of Jesus and what he did. Can we fix our gaze on him and never let it lose impact what he did on that cross in our place to give us eternal life? I ask you something else. Not only are you admiring it, but are you aiming for it? As we consider this relationship at his feet, where are you? Are you aiming for the feet of Jesus. Look with me in verses 5 and 6. Ruth is responding to Naomi. And she said unto her. All that thou sayest unto me. I will do. And she went down unto the floor. And did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. We see a lot of courage in Ruth here. And we see a lot of humility in Ruth. It was required by Ruth in order to do this. this. This order, this command, these instructions, this advice from Naomi took courage. And it, and it took her to become humble. It required a strong desire within her to want this. To want this marriage with him for her to go to him the way that she did for her to put effort when everything would try to delay when everything would try to make someone compromise it took a focus and it took an effort for Ruth to do to do this to go to him it required a humbling of Ruth to go lay at the feet of Boaz it required courage for Ruth to go to this respected, wealthy, important man. 
You know, and it requires the same for someone to go to Jesus. To come to Jesus by faith. We talk about how the plan of salvation is so simple. And we talk about how we can grow in grace. And that we can grow in faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it takes courage. And it takes humility for these things to happen. It requires the same for us to go to Jesus. Whether it be coming by faith to be converted. Or whether it be going to his feet to be closer to him. Either way we must move forward in courage and in humility. Either way we must because we have a need that we can't take care of ourselves. When we were unsaved, we had a need for the forgiveness of our sins. And there was nothing that you and I could do about it. We had a great need. And let me tell you something tonight, Christian. We still have a continual great need as children of God. Everything's not going to be as it should. Just in the field of Jesus, if you will. We need to be... At the feet of Jesus. We have such a great need. That we need to be as close to him. As we possibly can. When we admit this to ourselves. We will pass all roadblocks. We will go through all efforts. All humiliation. To get to his feet. We must see not that it's a good thing to do. It's a great thing to do. It's a must. And we need to do it. It's a desperate need for us. Is that our aim? Are we aiming for that tonight? Here's another question. Are we asking for it? Are we asking for it? Look with me at verses 7 through 9. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Ruth pops the question to Boaz. I'm not saying that, that she's initiating all of this. We know that Boaz has initiated all this. He has made the first move. And now she is responding. And one thing I want to interject to you that we see here in the end of verse 9 where Ruth asks Boaz to cover her. There is nothing in her actions and in her request that is of any immorality whatsoever. This was her request of him in marriage. It was a common practice in that day. It was something that continually went on. It was, it was a common thing. There was nothing immoral in this whatsoever. It was a custom of that day. He, this respected, righteous man of God, called her a virtuous woman. What we gather and glean from this book 
is coming into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're learning and being taught in this. And so nothing immoral would fit into this whatsoever. By the way, these actions of this virtuous woman that he calls her are very valuable to you and I in our relationship with Jesus. They're very simple, but they're very valuable. She humbled herself before Boaz. And she asked for a permanent union in response to his first move that he made. She asked for what she needed. She asked for what she had a sincere desire for and for what she needed. What a simple teaching lesson this is for you and I on getting close to Jesus. Get to his feet and ask him. You know, Jesus made the first move for you and I to be saved. And we came to him and he had finished everything that was needed and we trusted him. And so as we move forward trusting him and as we have need, let us ask him. Every now and then, when this subject comes up, there's usually a wonderful saint who is struggling in some way, and they haven't asked Jesus. And they realize that they need to go to Jesus, and they need to tell him about it. And they need to ask Jesus about it. That is simply what we can gather here tonight. James says, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Are you asking? Are you asking for the closeness of this relationship at the feet of Jesus? Let me ask, I'm full of questions tonight. Let me ask you another one. Are you pampered by a change? Look with me in verses 10 and 11. After she pops the question to him and startles him and wakes him up, he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman." I ask if you're pampered by a change because, child of God, you are accepted. You are accepted. In verse 10, he says, Blessed be thou of the Lord. And he ends there in verse 11 with what we just read, with the words, fear not. Imagine, we can imagine the the fear of Boaz waking up and someone being there. But we can imagine the common fear and the the passing doubts through the mind that could have gone through the mind of Ruth. Maybe as she approaches while he's asleep, what could have been going through Ruth's mind? Maybe it's, what if he rejects me? Maybe it's, what if he takes my actions the wrong way? And not realizing the sincerity of my actions. What if I am humiliated over this, she might think. What if he sends me away and shuns me for good? 
we all can have this slight passing doubt that comes through the mind and things that we do that tries to make us hesitate, that tries to make us turn the way from something good and something great that God puts before us. It could be the same with her. All of these things could have been going through Ruth's mind. But what does Boaz say to her? Boaz says, fear not. You can imagine that Boaz wants this marriage possibly more than she wants this marriage. And you never need to fear Jesus turning away from you. Look, you are accepted, child of God. You never need to fear that Jesus is going to turn away and abandon you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. If anyone comes to Jesus to trust Him as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of all their sins, He is not going to turn them away. When someone humbly and sincerely comes before Christ, wanting to believe in Him, who died, was buried, and raised again, who defeated all of their sins and can wash them away and make them white as snow and accepted by God, that's exactly what they're going to get. If they come to Jesus, Jesus says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Anyone that will can get to the feet of Jesus. Anyone that will be saved can be saved by Jesus. Any Christian that wants a closer walk with Jesus can get to the feet of Jesus and walk with him more closely. If you have neglected this, if you a Christian, if you have put off doing what you should do, you justify maybe going through the motions of ministry and you're present at church, but you have neglected being as close to Jesus as you can. Look, it remains it remains the invite, the love of Christ. It remains for you to be able to get close to him. That acceptance remains. If, if you're listening tonight and you know that you have rejected salvation in the Lord Jesus, you have said whatever words just to push someone off and push the subject away when they have asked about your soul and you've said just enough to satisfy them, but you have no satisfaction in your heart, I want to tell you tonight that acceptance remains for you. And you can come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You never have to fear rejection when you come broken and humble before Jesus. Crossing God's deadline is something we don't know about in any individual. And that's a message for another day. But I want to tell you tonight that if you're being drawn by the Lord in conviction that you need to be forgiven for your sins. He wants to do that right now in your life tonight. For the child of God who's been wandering, you're in the field, but you've been wandering and you're convicted and you know it's just making you sick within that you need to be at the feet of Jesus and you know you can put your focus on Him and you can get there. You can do that tonight. There's acceptance for you 
there's acceptance that, a, that waits and remains for you. You are accepted. Let me tell you something else about being pampered in this change. You are assured. Look with me in verse 11. Whenever she responds to his first move in a request for marriage, he says, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. Boaz assures Ruth that he's going to do everything within his power to make this relationship happen. Everything that he can do, he is going to do to make this marriage. Everything that needs to be done, he's going to gladly do. Ruth has been told this. Ruth has been told that this would happen if she would go to his feet and she would ask him. And if we would get to the feet of Jesus, if we would ask him and we would get there and we would stay, he will see to it that everything that needs to be in our relationship with him will be. If we will dwell at his feet, he will take care of of the things in the relationship and making it everything it should be. The Lord wants us to be at his feet and he wants us to love him and he will provide. He will provide whatever is needed according to his will. He is Jehovah Jireh for us today just as he was for Abraham whenever God provided a sacrifice in Isaac's place. He called that place Jehovah Jireh and we call our Lord Jehovah Jireh today. He will provide. You are assured in him. The Lord assures us when we are at his feet, we are sure we are. We are sure and we don't doubt what he will do for us. You are not only assured. You are awarded the end of verse 11. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Boaz here is praising Ruth for her love to him and her godly lifestyle. The godly life that she has been living. The change that the Lord has made in her. She trusted the Lord by faith and she's living in obedience to his command and that has brought her about to this place where she is. You know, whatever sacrifice it takes, whatever separation from people, whatever humiliation we might go through, whatever effort it takes to get to the feet of Jesus, it's, it's worth it at just a smile from the Lord from heaven upon our lives. Whether it take, whatever it takes to get to Jesus is easily outweighed by the blessings of being at Jesus' feet. If God takes pleasure when we give ourselves to Him, that's what we ought to do. And He does. God doesn't 
want your deeds first. God doesn't want your money first. God wants you. And if we give ourselves to him, that is pleasing to our Lord. And in return, he holds us and he molds us and he takes us and shows us before the world. Look what I can do with anyone who will humble themselves and come to my feet. Look at the change I will make in their lives. I want to close with the question that I started with tonight. And that is, where are you? Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Where are you tonight? Will you go to the feet of Jesus? And will you stay there? Where are you? As I speak to many Christians tonight, some of you are at his feet. Praise God. Thank him that because of him, you're able to be there. Pray that he helps you to stay there. Pray that he helps you not to lose desire and that you will not take your focus off of him and that you will stay at his feet. But there's someone out there tonight that maybe needs to come back to the feet of Jesus. You're saved. You're a child of God and you're out on the outskirts of his field and you need to come back to the feet of Jesus. Our Lord is a good father and he chastens us and he draws us to where he wants us to be. And he is convicting your heart. Embrace that tonight and be encouraged knowing that you are accepted, you are assured, you can come back to the feet of Jesus. But then there's maybe those that we're sharing with tonight, and you've never even been to the field of Jesus, much less the feet of Jesus. We were all there at one time. But I pray that you might know your desperate situation, as we all found out at one time. And that is, we're dead in our sins and we need to be made alive unto God through a personal relationship in Jesus Christ to trust Him by faith for the forgiveness of our sins. That is your greatest need in this world. Your needs might be changing right now in a changing world and what we're going through, but know that there is no other need more important than your need to be saved. And Jesus Christ loves you. He showed and he expressed that love on the cross at Calvary. When he died for you. And you are accepted if you will accept him. You are not going to be turned away. There is nothing you can do to be rejected. Unless you reject him. And I pray you trust him tonight. I pray that. That you might become a child of God. Maybe you can call the phone answering machine at the church tonight and leave a message. Just letting us know you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have to do that and that doesn't make you more saved. But right in the midst of your home tonight, you can trust in Jesus. And he will definitely save you from all your sins. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this evening. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word.
that is alive. We thank you for what we can convey, what we can understand about your grace that you have for us through Boaz giving grace to Ruth. Lord, we love you tonight and we thank you for loving us. We trust you to take care of us. We trust you to take care of, of this church here. Lord, we trust you to take care of all of those who are your children. We even trust you during this time that you will use the times that we're going through to condition someone's heart that they might turn to you and they might know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal relationship. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.